0: welcome to the elite professionals in coaching podcast hosted by chris Aird, business owner and ceo of with purpose bringing you leadership growth ideas mindset transformation and strategic information for the entrepreneurs business owners and community leaders you will be encouraged educated and empowered to develop your people implement your processes and increase your income now get ready to listen to the newest episode of the EPIC podcast.
1: Welcome to EPIC, another podcast brought to you by With Purpose. EPIC stands for elite professionals in coaching and or consulting. Um, and really what we're doing here is to bring our subject matter expertise to you. My name is Chris Aird. I am the host and owner of With Purpose. I also
2: have yeah, my name is Taylor Chesney. I'm a consultant here at With Purpose, and I'm the co-host of this podcast.
1: Yep, and I thank for you a- so much, Taylor, for you stepping in last week and uh, hosting it along with Michelle. Um, let's um, let's get in. Bring us up to date, uh, Taylor, on what you guys talked about last week, so if people want to go visit that podcast to kind of bring it into this week, they can.
2: Yeah, definitely encourage them to. Somewhat of a shorter podcast. Um, over these next couple of weeks, we're going to be focusing on a podcast series about resiliency. We know with everything going on in the economy, and then also just the normal ebbs and flows of business, um, it's just important to talk about resiliency. And I think we can look at this in an individual aspect, but also as a whole for a business. Uh, And so last week, we talked about uh, knowing your mission and your vision. Uh, And for some, this is something that, oh, this is something I already know. And for other businesses, we imagine this is something they hadn't thought of as much. Um, I think when you get When you get kind of caught up in just the normal day-to-day stuff, it's easy to get caught up in the monotony and forget, okay, here's why I do this. Uh, And so having that mission and vision and then having that bleed throughout all of what you do uh, not only provides further value to your customer because that, then it makes you more relatable and has something to to, but also for you, it gives you more fulfillment, uh, it gives you more purpose. Um, and so when you're going through those times that require resiliency, being able to have that, that purpose in the forefront of your mind uh, is really beneficial uh, for our clients, uh, but I'm sure also for the listeners as well.
1: Perfect, Taylor. So as we dive into this next subtopic of resiliency, let me just ask you this. And, and we're going to put two to two together here in a moment. Should should one's mission and or vision change in the in the lifespan or the life cycle of either the individual or the the business?
2: That's a tough. That's a tough question um, because I really think that there are some where they they should never change. You know, I, I think of uh, like the old mom and pop shops um, that you'll find kind of in in your in your local areas, uh, and those them having the same traditions that they did and same values that they did 30, 40 years ago are part of what make them a part of the community. At the same time though, the world changes um, and things kind of adapt. And so that could look like if you want to provide good customer service several years, uh, a couple decades ago, that could have been having a greeter at the front door. And now it could just be having a, uh, a kiosk that works efficiently and you have people readily available to answer help when needed. So, that can evolve. Um, but I think for the most part, yeah, I don't know. I, I think for the most part it, it can change. Um, but you never want to, it's hard because it would change in circumstances, uh, where resiliency is acquired, required. Um, but that's more of a kind of a refinement process where you're realizing, okay, when I'm under this pressure or when things are coming down on me, I'm realizing that, okay, this is important to me. Um, but, it, but you also don't want to just change just for the sake of change. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about that? Does that align with what you were thinking? I,
1: I think it changes, and I'm gonna bring this as a segue into our next subtopic. I think it needs to change if it needs to change. Um, your, your point on you know customer service at small mom and pop shop, and they pride themselves on greeters. Um, they really have a challenge based upon so many numerous factors like finances and processes and systems on whether something's gonna be more effective or efficient. Plus, what, is, what, what are people, has, has the generation that's coming into that business, has that changed and what are they looking for? What matters to them? So I think it needs to change if it needs to change. Now, let's use that as a segue to today we're going to get into active problem solving mm-hmm. under resiliency. And so when we think about active problem solving, just in this, in this um, situation that you gave us about mission and vision, if our vision and our mission are not helping solve a problem Mm -hmm. or a challenge or meeting a need, then we might need to tweak. Maybe the vision stays the same. We tweak the mission, how we're going to accomplish the vision. Right? Yeah. So here, let me just start off with a, a simple story. So I was thinking about this as we were getting prepared for it. And I, I'm a dad. Um, and I know that when we're, we're raising kids, um, everyone's different. Like I've got four children under my roof and they're all different. They all speak differently. They have different personalities. I love them all the same. But when I'm thinking of asking everybody to do a chore, let's say it's status quo. This is the set uh, requirement. This is the, the, um, the boundaries in doing it. This is the time we want it. Right. So all that's been set. Each child is going to do it a little bit differently. And they're going to figure out how to problem solve, even from when they're going to take out the garbage, when they're going to do the dishes, and all of that. At the same time, they're fitting within a culture that my wife and I have created. Right yeah. now, that's just a simple thing I was thinking of. When we take that from a personal level and we bring it into a business, there's so many, many, many more levers and and benchmarks and all that. So, um, I'll start us off with this. I think the the number one step. Um, and I and being active problem solving is we've got to just identify the problem, mm-hmm. and, and a problem is not a is not always a bad thing. It, it's a it's a challenge, right? And it challenges become opportunities. So um, when we think about identifying the problem, Taylor, for for us and for what we do, or for you individually, how do you come to understand what a problem is?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I I don't think you can necessarily. Know your problem if you don't know your business. And that's that's a that's a phrase that we regularly use. And I don't want to oversimplify it with, with a broad stroke. But really, if you're going to make these decisions in a time in a hard time or in a time when, when change is needed, you really have to know what's at play. You have to know really the ins and outs of the business, or at least within your area, and how it's going to impact all the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, then you can identify what the problem is as you can see how it changes or how it impacts um what what your what your purpose is or what your product is or however you however you operate. Um, so many different ways we could we could identify them. so many different ways a problem can be defined. Um, but really I think the first way of knowing knowing your problem is knowing your business or knowing your your sphere.
1: I okay great. So To know the business we now have to recognize and this goes back to last week we have to know what our vision is where do we want to end up what are we promoting the mission is how we're doing that so as the world changes as as finances change resources change people are changing even though we may not see a problem at this moment we need to be aware yeah right and I think that's going to be the active. That's the number one step in the active is is identify the problem. But let's add in being aware of not only your surroundings but your business, who's in it, even us as as business owners, consultants, whatever the case might be. Um, now, if we have a if we have a problem, Taylor, how do you when you're working and someone comes to you or Personally, however you want to take this, when someone comes to you with a problem, how do you address it?
2: Yeah, so I, I I think the best way to address a a problem uh, is well, I guess it depends on the context because immediately I'm thinking my first go to is just tackle a problem. Uh, What I am learning in the in the very early stages of my marriage, have been married for about a year or so, okay. is that I need to show a lot more empathy when I hear a problem. Sometimes when a problem comes to me, my result is to, to respond to it. Uh, and actually what I need to do is, is empathize with the person who's impacted by it, mm. my wife specifically. So depending on the severity of the problem and how it is how it arises, I would encourage you to do that within your business. If someone uh, made a mistake um, and it really impacted X, Y, and Z, showing them empathy. Um, but I then really think of with the problem solving, um, Kind just dive in. I, yeah, I, I wish I had a, I'm probably the best person at, to ask this. I know we've we've done the different personality tests and I'm very much a quick start and I'm very much a fact finder. And so for me, when I hear information, I just go. I just go with my gut reaction. Um, and so I think when we, when we talk a little bit about being aware that really what we're saying is, is you need to be an active learner. Uh, and so awareness isn't just something where you're just monitoring. This requires work from you. Um, so when you, so for me, when I, when I get sent with a problem, I just act. Uh, and so I I think I I can't remember the exact phrasing, but when you squeeze an orange juice, an orange, you want orange juice to come out. You don't want oil. You don't want bad stuff coming out. Um, and so for me, for me at that point, when a problem comes, I'm not necessarily, I guess what comes out is what I've prepared for, uh, whether that is emotionally, Mm -hmm. whether that is logically. Um, and so really that awareness, I think is really key, um, because it really relies on you to yeah, kind of like we said, know, know what's around, what's at stake, how the stakeholders are impacted. You know, I kind of sidestep your question there, but yeah, how how would you respond to that?
1: You you did you actually answered it the way you would have answered it. And that was perfect. I mean, so for me, while I'm a researcher, I'm a fact finder, I'm also very analytical and methodical. So mm-hmm. when I hear something, I really like the space to think about it. Mm-hmm. And Life doesn't hand us that right. Sometimes we have to make some real quick decisions. But for my personality, bringing that in, um, I I do literally. I try to do a 360 degree analysis of a problem, which means I'm looking for any possible solution that will be in the best interest of whoever that challenge is going to be affected by. It's always going to be me because I'm the the challenges or the op- The problem has been brought to me, but I also need to try and figure out to the context of the situation, what benefits people are looking for. So when you talk about squeezing an orange and looking for orange juice, some people are looking for oil. Some people are looking for something other than that for, for whatever reason, Um, maybe they're just trying to hang up somebody or they really don't want to know the answer. And so they're looking for a different answer. Mm -hmm. I think being truthful, in, in answering the problem and, and finding all the different solutions. We can literally label those out, write them out, email them out, whatever the case might be. And then let's say this, let's say that in, in this particular step of listing out all the possible solutions, we gather who needs to be in the room to make a decision based upon that, that context. Right. So we can come brainstorm it, but I, I can make answers and I can give, I can give because of the responsibility, but I'd like to be inclusive. Yeah. I, I like to bring people in because there's a training opportunity there. There's a learning opportunity there. And to your point about being empathetic, you hear different people's um, levels of empathy, if you will. And out of that, you're hearing not only people's minds, but you're hearing people's hearts as well. Does that make sense?
2: It does, it does. Yeah. And, and just hearing you talk, it's helpful for me to realize that yeah, I'm viewing this from a the perspective of a problem that needs to immediately be solved. I'm viewing this perspective perspective of we have a we have a pipe that's burst. How do how do we what do we do? Not a hey, we're down this quarter, what do we do? You know, how do how do we stay sure. for? Um and so I yeah, I I'm sure I showed this on previous podcasts before, but I really, I'm really, a sports fan. I'm a San Francisco sports fan. Uh, and so Bill, the great Bill Walsh. Um, so that in his decision making, he tried to do the three F's: fast, firm, and fair. And I add familiar, the fourth F. Um, and we, and we've talked about the f- importance of familiarity, but in fast, you know, you want to make sure that you are not necessarily quick, but that you aren't dragging things on to kind of pull people through it, so they're wondering what, what's going to happen. You want to be firm in you want to move, you want to make your decision and move forward. You don't want to have those, you want to second guess yourself or have those doubts. And then fair, you don't want to overreact. Um, and so, in these situations, I'm thinking of, okay, you gotta you gotta just go, you got you gotta make a decision. But yes, in most business situations, really what you're doing is back to that familiarity, you're bringing in the important stakeholders. You're bringing in people from different teams or the heads of different teams to provide insight, but you're also asking them, hey, are the people that you trust that should be brought into this meeting? Oh, good point. Um, because they may the best leaders know their strengths, but they also know their weaknesses and surround them with people who are going to cover that weakness for them. Um, and so it's making sure that everyone has a voice around you uh, in that setting. I rambled on for a little bit there.
1: Nope, so. It's actually a great point. And that's why you're on this team is not that you cover my weaknesses. You make them more known to me. But then I rely, <laughs> I rely more on you. I'm not. So in all those three F's by the great Bill Walsh, the first word that came to my mind was people just have to be decisive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a leader, even if people as business owners don't think they're a leader, making a decision within a specific timeline and you've brought in everybody that needs to be brought in or whatever the case you're being decisive and not kicking the can down the road is a great opportunity to showcase leadership responsibility and the privilege to do all that under problem solving. We know too many people or groups of people that like to kick the can down the road right? Yeah. When it, especially yeah. when it comes to like, oh, I don't know, federal budgets or something like that. So <laughs> let's let's go into the third one. Um, I, I think the third topic in this, or the third subtopic of, of active problem solving, so we've talked about identifying the problem, uh, mm-hmm. listing out all the posi- p- possible solutions. Then what we need to do is we need to evaluate the options and then select the best choice. Mm-hmm. And I think when we select, or when we think about evaluating the options that's where that that brainstorm okay the pros and cons list right or the what if scenarios are all equaled out before you even start that though this is something that i have learned to do because i can sit there and ruminate on tons of research before making a decision and still not make a decision so one of the things that i have learned in in my weaknesses is, is in fact i've been told and this is for everybody i'm putting this on the podcast Michelle and Taylor have said to me, Chris, you've got the information. Let's just move forward. You, let's just make the decision. And, and so being vulnerable like this, even at this moment, it's, it's we've had the time. So let's create the time commitment. Let's make the decision within the time commitment. And that means evaluating all of that and then selecting the best choice. And come heck or high water, we, we live with the, with, the, with the solution that has been given to us. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, I, what, what I think of in this is just realizing it's preparing yourself to you're going to make someone unhappy, or you're going to mm-hmm. do someone wrong. Um, and it's really just becoming okay with that. Um, and so but you also have to take that in, in some regards, depending on the situation, you have to take that in consideration. Uh, if it's a smaller decision, um, then maybe you want to placate to the person who's has a little worse footing. Uh, and so maybe you're actually wronging or, or doing something that require more work from someone who is in a more favorable situation or um feels better their company. But for the big but for the big decisions, you just gotta do what's best for the company. Uh, and so a lot of that then requires not only your ability to make the decision and make it make it objectively, even if that requires a personal hit, but it's also making sure that you can communicate this effectively as well. This is where we go back to the mission and vision, yes, communicate sir. how this decision impacts or is led by your mission and vision. Uh, And so that way, when someone feels like the the wrong decision was made or it's not a decision they would have made, they can see, okay, here's why it was done. Whether I agree with it or not, I can clearly see why this was done. Um, And so this is just something that you, if you're the owner of a a large company, this isn't something you need to tell every single employee. This isn't a mass email, but you can disseminate this information and then that information can be passed on. Um, But yeah, it's really making sure that you... um, yeah, you, you provide your reasons why um, without having to prove yourself, but more so just explain yourself.
1: Yep. That's what people want to hear now, right? Is the answer to the question. Why, why are we doing this answer? Okay. I'm good. As long as people can believe in it and live by it and work by it. You know, the other thing you, you mentioned and it, it came up with a statement in my mind of you can't make all the people happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, when we try to do that, a business, a company, I don't care how big it is, will eventually lose their vision and their mission. They'll lose their values because they're trying to accommodate or meet whatever the newest trend might be uh, or biggest stakeholders are looking for, whatever the case might be. So be true to oneself, even if that is if you're a solopreneur or you're an employee with um, within a, a business, regardless of how large or small. Be true to yourself. And when we have this, make the decision and recognize that you are there acting on the best interest of the situation, the context family, friendships, community, or the business. So that's good. The fourth one out of five. So we've got, we've selected, we've evaluated, we've selected the best choice. The fourth one is we just got to take action. Yeah, And um, this is where I think we should have a timeline as well. We should have some KPIs, key performance indicators, where we're saying, okay, by this time, this all should be happening and moving us in this direction, right? Um, the other thing I would just say to this as well is, you know, when you talk about Bill Walsh's statement, um, fast, firm and fair, was that the three? Yeah. Um, in, in those arenas and you're thinking football, ultimately the idea is to win the game, but maybe um, you, you see things on the field, you see things in business that you didn't anticipate on, taking action means that you don't have to come back and identify the problem. It means that maybe you've had enough foresight and and proactivity where you thought, okay, we're in a good place. We're going to tweak this just for a moment, the defensive line, the offensive line, whatever the case might be, or the business. And we're going to move this person here and let's see how that goes. And then you pull it back and, and you move forward. Right. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, while you're talking, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of this, but my my dad, uh, 20, probably 10 20 years ago, he uh handled his, he handled his midlife crisis. Sorry, I'm playing on the spot, dad. He handled his midlife crisis by just refereeing soccer. Started out doing uh elementary, I went all the way up to almost the college level. Um, but I can remember him talking about you know how when he ref, he couldn't make everyone happy, and so he would say, if you're gonna be wrong, you gotta be wrong strong. Um, I like that. And- and so in, in this situation uh i'm not saying be closed minded uh or be uh, or be willing willing, willfully ignorant um but when you make your decision you got to go with it don't be don't be terrified or petrified by the idea of making the wrong decision because you're going to make wrong decisions at some point in your business and i'm sure you have already today but you're still here uh, and your business will still get through here uh, we'll st- still get through this uh so when you make your decision just go with it uh there are times you come back there and, and pivot. there are times where you tweak, but go forward with the plan, Don't be half a, half in, half out. Um, go for it. Yeah,
1: great. that's great words because then that leads us into the fifth one. and we have to we just have to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to understand where we're at and what we thought that was going to look like and if it changes or if it doesn't look that way, we're answering a couple of questions, at least off the top of my mind is are we okay with being here? Um, Is there anything else that we need to do to continue on? So this is not a closed end thing. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, we start this and we end it in six months all the time or a year. It -hmm. means that we're in this active problem solving method. We're we're seeing the problem. We're addressing it. Pro-con list, right? We're evaluating. We're taking action. And then we're reevaluating because we want to get to a certain level based upon our vision based upon our mission, based upon the context of how you're ever going to do this. I'm I'm thinking of many, many businesses that we've been involved in and how, even without telling them that this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. And we're helping them get to an answer that they may already have in their mind or in their heart. We've created, we've helped them create that space to figure it out and to be okay as the business owner to step up a level of confidence, if you will, and to say, you know what, this is in the best interest of the company, not me as an individual, but us as a collective whole. And I understand that you as an individual, this is probably going to ruffle your feathers a little bit. As long as you're employed here, this is the way we're moving it. This is our culture. We've talked about that before on podcasts. These are our values. We've talked about that on our podcast. This is our vision and our mission, right? So to evaluate means that we're really, truly, truthfully coming and taking a look at it from an honest perspective. Is this where we want to be, and what else do we need to do?
2: Yeah, and this just takes us back to the beginning of talking about the familiarity or knowing the setting, uh, and so being able to evaluate. You know where you stand. You know where your weaknesses are. You know where you're doing right. Um, you know you know what your people's strengths, and weaknesses are, what's working right from them. Uh, so it's almost. Uh, well, it isn't intended to be this way. It almost just kind of completes the loop and kind of completes the circle of having the constantly going thing.
1: So, well, all this to say, Taylor, um, I know that this is what we do for us inside with purpose. I know that this is what we do for our, our clients. And, and I know where you and I are coming from. And that's for our listeners to say, okay, I've jotted these things down. Um, I'm going to do it. What's the best thing to do? And I'm going to tell people that instead of just trying to look for more information, just start somewhere, just start identifying your problems. And maybe it's just you and a piece of paper or you and a computer screen and a keyboard. And you're just jotting down all of the problems that you think need to be solved or challenges that don't have answers. And you just start there. And then you find your key stakeholders. Um, Maybe it's people inside the company, maybe it's outside of the company that are gonna help you develop it. And I, I know this to be true, because there are so many people as business owners today and as employees today that are looking for help inside businesses, this uh, inside marriages and different types of relationships and different types of relationships within community. So um, things, you know, I've always, I've always believed that you don't put things on, you don't sweep things under the rug. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down the road, there's going to be this big mound that people are going to trip over. And uh, I'm going to be the first one to go, you know what? I don't want to be the cause of someone tripping later down the road. So Taylor, any uh, final thoughts for us?
2: Yeah. You know, I think um, kind of my encouragement is is when you are in the process of actively problems, actively problem solving, uh, to always try to find ways to diversify mm-hmm. uh, whether this is, I mean, even just stocks, you know, it's recommended, you know, I think it's seven to 15 or 10 to 15 uh, that's recommended. Um, this is just a way to make sure that if things go bad, that you are spread out well. Uh, and so if that is diversifying your streams of revenue or if that is even just internally diversifying the work, so not all the work lies on one employee. And that way, if they're sick or if they get fired or something happens, you're spreading things out. Uh, so that way, things uh, things can be spread out. Uh, the hits can be spread out, but also the positive things can spread out as well. So um, always look for ways to diversify uh, whenever whenever possible. Perfect.
1: We will end on that note. So thank you to our listeners for listening. Um, This is Chris and Taylor representing with purpose on the Epic podcast, elite professionals in coaching slash consulting. It's a pleasure to have you guys listen. Let us know what you think of this podcast, drop some comments in the comment section below, reach out to us via email or phone number, whatever the case might be. Um, And uh, stay tuned because we're going to get into the third subtopic of resiliency next week. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and as we wrap things up, live with purpose.
0: Thank you for listening to the Elite Professionals in Coaching podcast. If you want to stay in the forefront with business strategies and ideas, leadership conversations, tips, and empowerment, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and then share with your friends and fellow business owners. For more information about With Purpose and their services, visit www.withpurposellc.com.